A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live on bread alone. Then he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give to you all this power and glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you worship me. Jesus said to him in reply, It is written, You shall not worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Excuse me. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Then he led him to Jerusalem, made him stand on the parapet of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him in reply, It also says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. The Gospel of the Lord. The Lord be with you. I hope you've all had a good start to your Lent. We're about three days into our 40 days now. And hopefully we can take a few lessons from this gospel today because we always begin Lent, the first Sunday we always read about Jesus going out into the desert. And when you hear that Jesus was in the desert being tempted, perhaps you could ask a question from a maybe theological standpoint, but how is it possible for Jesus who is God to be truly tempted? Maybe it was just sort of a symbolic thing he went through to teach us how to persevere through temptation. Well, the answer is that he truly was tempted. He was a man like us in all things but sin. Uh, But I'd like to maybe go a little bit deeper into the meaning behind the temptations that will help us to understand just what Jesus did for us in the desert. The church, when we begin Lent, there's a a little passage from the Catechism. Uh, The Catechism doesn't say a whole lot about Lent, but it does uh, say in number 540, it says that we should be going with Jesus to participate in the mystery of Jesus in the desert. Now, for us as Christians, we don't just pretend to be like Jesus in our life. We begin to participate in the life of Christ through our baptism, and we go where Jesus leads us. And if he invites you into the desert for your own desert experience, we we have to say yes. If he invites you to be with him in a beautiful moment like Mount Tabor in the Transfiguration, 
we say yes. But if Jesus invites you up to the Mount Calvary to maybe carry a cross, that's part of the blessing we have as Christians is to say yes even in those moments that are difficult. And so there's no mere symbolism here. Let's spiritually go with Jesus to the desert. I'd like to just talk about two of the temptations. Uh, The first two. The first one that the devil presents to our Lord is, he says, turn this stone into bread. On the surface, maybe there's nothing wrong with Jesus doing that. He could, you know, snap his fingers or whatever he would do. He could make a stone into bread. Shortly after this, we know he would change water into wine. The problem isn't necessarily in, in changing something. In Cana, Jesus does it as a gift for that couple. But in this moment, he knows he needs to trust in the Father. You see, Jesus would have been there with the Father, and this is getting really theological here, but at the beginning of time in creation, it wasn't just God the Father. The Trinity is always the Trinity. Jesus was there with the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that why the Father made that rock to be a rock and knew that the Father wanted that rock to be a rock. And so Jesus trusted in the plan of the Father that somehow he would receive nourishment. And after the devil leaves, we know at the end it says that the Father sent angels to minister to Jesus. They probably brought him something much nicer than just a little piece of bread in the desert, right? The second temptation, so the first temptation is the devil trying to tempt Jesus to not trust in the Father, to do things his own way. And the second temptation is similar, but there's a nuance here. You see, the devil takes Jesus to a high mountain and it shows him all of the peoples of all time. So maybe he would have shown them us here, right? All of us. The devil says something which is a little hard to understand and it's going to go on the list of questions that I really want to ask God if I make it to heaven. It's on that list. I have other questions there, but one of them is why is it that the devil in some way has dominion over the world, right? The devil says it's kind of a half-truth, but in some way, biblically, the devil has power over the world and so the devil offers to Jesus the whole world all Jesus has to do is take two seconds to genuflect before the devil now the mission of Jesus to understand why this was a real temptation Jesus was sent by the father to precisely save all mankind to gather all people's to himself. So the devil's offering to Jesus his whole mission accomplished right there and he won't have to do that thing that the father sent him to do which was to die on a cross. Jesus won't have to be tortured and suffered. It'll be an easy shortcut to fulfill his mission just genuflect to the devil. Well thankfully Jesus Uh, said no to that. But you see, the temptation uh, from the devil was to take a shortcut, to not accept the cross or to run from a cross that Jesus had in his life. So if we learn a little bit from Jesus there, let's bring this into our own life. 
I know I personally am often tempted to take shortcuts, right? When the cross comes my way, it's easier to sort of go the other direction. It's not always easy to trust in the Father, especially when things aren't going well in your life and there's a difficulty that you just can't seem to figure out. It's at times easier to trust in yourself. And so this, this Sunday of Lent, our message for the whole season of Lent is a question, the question being very simply, what do I need to leave behind? Going into the desert, you're supposed to leave behind that which keeps you from God so that you return from the desert transformed. All of us have many things we need to leave behind. Every single day of our life, we're presented with many choices to make. Perhaps it's not the devil standing right there, you know, over your shoulder, tempting you in one way, but we have a lot of times each and every day where we can choose ourself in a selfish way or we can choose to love and to be generous and to think of the good of our neighbor, the person sitting to your left and to your right. So I'd like to do something this Lent. Every homily, I would like to end with a, a short moment of silence. And the, at the end of our homily, we begin the liturgy of the Eucharist and we we have what we call our offertory. We bring the bread and wine to the, off, to the altar. Let's not lose that moment. There's a deeper meaning in the offertory, which is all of us are to bring our prayers and place them on the altar, our needs. We can also place our gifts. We can place those heavy crosses we carry. So I'd like to invite you now, just for a moment, in your heart, uh, let God touch your soul right now. He is listening to us here. And decide what will you leave behind today? What's one thing in your life that you can now spiritually place upon the altar? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.